Yo, before we get into this podcast, I want to ask for a huge favor from you. And that is if you have or you are getting value from this podcast, if you were to leave us a review or subscribe, it would mean the world. And quite frankly, selfishly, it's because I want to, we want to continue sharing these conversations, this medicine with the world. And when you leave a review, when you subscribe, it's a vote. And we would love to have your vote. Nonetheless, thank you so much and enjoy. Hi, Kayla. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. And I'm amidst everything that it's taken for us to finally get here. As you mentioned before, we got on, it took us over a year. Here we are. And I'm grateful for you carving the time out of your day to be here with me. I'm pleased to be here. I'm look, I've been looking forward to it. Hmm. What is your intention for today? It may sound basic, but my intention is to show up exactly as I am in each present moment. So not suppressing or avoiding or resisting and just really showing up. So if that means showing up a little funky, showing up a little triggered, if the conversation goes somewhere that's uncomfortable, show up. Sometimes that really is enough. And that's oftentimes the toughest thing to do because that's what we want to do the least when that's what we're faced with. And for me in this moment, I already know that the thing that wants to pop up first is wanting it to look right, to look good, make sure you have everything lined up on deck, the quotes look good and everything. So I just want to let all that go and just be like, if I get nothing else from this intention, I just want to be and perfectly tying into what you're saying is allowing for whatever comes up to come up. Mm, allowing. Maybe that's the intention, allowing. <laughs> I like that in allowing. Let it be. Let it be. Let, Let it be. be. Let it be. Let it be. <laughs> <laughs> right before we got on this, we were talking about letting it be because uh, I, as soon as we got on our call, I was just like, I don't feel super awesome. I'm not like super like, yeah, but I wanted to just get it out there. So that way there was like not trying to fake anything. And you shared that you were in a similar space, that you had um, not the most amazing start to your morning after I was just the most amazing start to your morning ever, morning ever. But despite that, you were, you did what you needed to do and here you are. And what was that like? Like, what was the real of what that was like? It was definitely a series of acts of self-care. So my morning was supposed to be just really simple and having breakfast with friends, and it just snowballed into a series of uncomfortable and unfortunate events. And I just, part of me was like, you can just bail, you can just reschedule, you just like go sleep instead. And there's a bigger part of me that said, or you could just show up. You could show up a little funky and you can face it, you can face yourself and you can face life. And so I did 
a 20 minute workout and a yoga practice and I busted out my journal and I wrote until my hand was sore and I cried. I cried tears of grief and anger and ended up crying in, from a place of gratitude. It was just sort of this roller coaster. And I thought, oh, I just, I want to show up better than this. And then I thought, what's better than authenticity? What's better than showing up real and showing up and saying like, like, oh, like, sorry, my hair is kind of <laughs> <laughs> showered and pinned it up, but <laughs> hair is all flopping all over the place. <laughs> but yeah, I like to come out and not pretend that I haven't been on a roller coaster. I have, and that's okay because that's life sometimes. And so allowing and authenticity, I feel like are kind of the themes of the intention here. Yeah, it'd be funny to look in, in these podcasts, so say like a month, two months down the road, if we're still in the same situation that we are with COVID as it stands, that <laughs> my hair is going to look crazy. Everyone, people are like, I haven't gotten a haircut in forever. Like, everything's growing out, was looking all funky. And it's just like, yeah, this is probably what life would be a little more like if we didn't feel like we always had to be on for people all the time and, you know, act like we're, we're showing up for an audition inside of a movie every single day. We're going to put on these different fun little masks and come back home, take them off and wish that we could just run around naked all the time, like a bunch of hooligans and do whatever the hell we want to do. <laughs> That's a really good point with everything being closed and us being sort of trapped in whatever routines we've created. It really is an opportunity for self-acceptance and showing up exactly as you are. You're talking about hair, but I have a friend who sent me a photo of her false eyelashes in a sink mm -hmm. and she was crying and she was like, I'm staying at my boyfriend's house and I have to go out and face him without eyelashes. He's never seen me without eyelashes. I feel, I feel naked. I feel raw. I feel ugly. And I thought, wow, this is, this is like a big deal in a relationship to show up naked, right? And not naked physically, but naked meaning vulnerable. Showing up, hey, this is what I look like without makeup on and false eyelashes and nails and whatever. Like, it's like letting someone see your cry face. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm a very beautiful crier. And so if I show you a cry face, that's a really vulnerable thing. And so yeah. this is a really good opportunity for self-acceptance and for taking that risk of vulnerability and what it's like to to kind of offer like, here I am. And if someone doesn't accept it, to have the, enough self-love to say, that's okay, because I accept me. Or to have the strength to show up as you are and then feel the how empowering it is to be accepted on top of accepting yourself. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's a really cool opportunity there for seeing things as they are, being as you are and accepting all that is because that's really our main option here we're not in control of a lot of things we are but there's also a lot that we're not and i think that that's affecting a lot of layers of our lives and our relationships i think now more than ever that it's apparent that all the things that we thought we had control over and just like that 
the the illusion that is control completely gets stripped away and now you're you know walking out of the bathroom tears streaming down your face going to face that boyfriend you know having to be seen as you are and that seems to be almost like a perfect metaphor that is life right now and we can try all day to to button everything up and have our makeup looking good and have every all our hair looking good but when we when we sit with ourselves and to your one of your points you made i think it was offline about like the gap between who i'm showing myself to be versus where i'm at like that gap is becoming very obvious for a lot of people and continuing to to put on this this facade i mean it's it's just detrimental it's so deteriorating to the mental space, to the emotional space, to the spiritual space, to the physical space, like all of it. And it's, it's exhausting. It's so exhausting. And oddly enough, it takes a global pandemic to start to show people all those things that you thought that you had control of. All those things that you thought were so certain, that steady paycheck, that, that 401k, that, your morning routines and rituals, who you were going to see, where you were going to see, the gym that you were going to, all those things you thought were going to be there for you, just gone, just like that, seemingly overnight. How do we deal with that? For me, it's focusing on what I do have, the power that remains. Hmm. And then when we stop focusing on everything we're not able to do or can't control, and you, you layer that lack of control with uncertainty. <laughs> yeah. Right? There's another layer of sometimes, you know, I went on a, a two week trip and thought, I, I can do, and I can do this for two weeks. I can go two weeks without coffee, two weeks without, like, I can do it for two weeks. I knew there was the end. I think the difficult part for a lot of people during this pandemic is the is not knowing, not knowing when it will end, if it will end, how it will end, who will I have left when it ends, what yeah. will I have left when it ends, who will I be when this ends? We're all going through this metamorphosis, and so for me to keep my sanity and to keep me calm and to keep me healthy, it's focused. <laughs> on what do I have what do I have to be grateful for and what what can I do right now with what I have hmm. and something I've learned through this process is less is more <laughs> my life has been just really just a lot of things have been cut out and <laughs> you to really see what was serving you and what wasn't when a lot of stuff gets taken away you can see more clearly what's left Oh, when things begin to get taken away, that's when you can see what's left. I I have to qualify my laughter because you said that I just, 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 just had a conversation with somebody where we were talking about, it seems like now more than ever, we're just focusing on the simple truths. And one of the simple truths is that less is more. And when you start getting to the core, to the fundamentals of it and everything, it's like all that time you spent at your job, all that time you spent doing all these other things. Now it's like, 
what what is what is left now for me to do whether it's reading journaling like you know some people it's like i have some friends who are like i don't know what to do i have all this free time like why don't you like read or like pick up a new skill or hobby or something it's like real like you know real crazy stuff going on but less and and that's the, like goal we talk about you know like our our consumptive society like we live in a consumption culture consume 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 more 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 tv more food more more drugs more alcohol more just more 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 but now it's like we're forced into hopefully to some degree like to to face the truth of like yeah sometimes like less is more slow down dear jackrabbit be more like a tortoise slow down i think that's something another thing covid has gifted us is not only the it's not even an option I guess, I guess if you really are motivated to not stop and face life and relax or process things, you can, you can distract yourself enough even during this time. But I think it's laid down a, a, a blanket for people to sit. Mm. And a lot of people are like staring at the blanket like, mm, no, I don't really like what I feel when I sit there <laughs> and close my eyes and breathe. I don't really like that. And and, but it's just there. It's there every single day, and we don't know when it's going to go away. And so we're like, okay, you know, what? I'll just sit. Like, I, I just, I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to meditate. I'm not going to do that shit. But I'll sit down. That over time, people are realizing that there's more opportunity than we might have originally thought with this amount of space that's been created to slow down and be more and do less. I'd be lying if I said that I've been the the perfect student of that philosophy because ever since it's happened, I've had, it seems like more things that I'm become increasingly responsible for. And yet at the same time, I know that in my soul, I'm like, God, if I could just like drop all responsibility to all people for like a week or two and and just do whatever it is that I feel like doing in my soul because I don't like I just had this question pop in my head and it's like one of those like cliche thoughts like cliche questions you ask yourself but I'm I'm really like loving the whole like Socratic method and like asking questions to really in, invoke certain the certain 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 thought patterns and frequencies and and opening up different rabbit holes of of cognition and everything else and <clears throat> the the question that popped in my head because quite frankly I had like a what was starting off as a good day I meditated I read I did yoga did all those things I had one conversation with somebody that brought up some potential scary truth about the direction of all how all this is going and I was just like whoa like it really got me and I'd done pretty well staying staying grounded with COVID and everything but it really got me and then the question that popped up was if I had all the time and the money in the world, what would I do? And in that moment, what popped in my head was, damn, like all I would want to do is just like be with my people and, you know, maybe it, you know, maybe it's like learning some fun things or picking up some new skills or hobbies or everything, but it's not, to build this massive scaling business and conquer the world. It's not becoming the 
most elite calisthenics athlete on the planet, it's, damn, I just want to be with my people. And that is something that even like once this podcast like ends, you know, it kind of comes to its gentle and I'm like, Hmm, like, what do I, what do I want to do for the the remainder of this week? So to speak, cause you know, Friday's coming to its end and we go to the weekend and everything, but like making more time for the being like that is so prominent and so needed right now. I think in our culture, uh, I guess we'll call it Western culture or the uh, capitalist society is really focused on efficiency and we often glorify production and success. And I love the hypothetical question method of exploring ourselves in the world and how we relate to the world and each other. And one of the questions I was texting someone and they were saying, Oh, I just, I did this, this, and this today. And it wasn't productive at all. And it sounds like you had a productive day. I thought from my perspective, her day was productive. <laughs> and I asked, what does productivity mean to you? And I didn't hear back from her for a day. And then when I did hear back from her, it was a long message about how turns out her day really was productive, <laughs> but she was not equating all that she accomplished and explored and learned and experienced with productivity because it didn't make any money. She didn't have anything tangible to show. Like she didn't make anything or increase her bank account, but she experienced life and she learned and she she did fill up in a way, whether that's knowledge or a heart space or or building, you know, our body or connecting. Mm -hmm. That counts too. And just maybe not in the way that we've been conditioned to believe. And what made me jump to this was when you said, I'm starting to think, how do I want to spend the rest of my week? We're already thinking about the next thing what's coming later i think that's where that like when is this going to end what happens after covid ends right but what's happening right now what if we didn't try to escape the present moment what if we started redefining what things mean to us in this space redefining productivity redefining success redefining abundance redefining needs. Do we really need that? COVID has showed me that I really don't need a lot of the stuff I have. I'm starting to see this house is a bunch of stuff, right? And then there's a roof on it. And we could do it a, I could do it a lot less. Yeah. So that's what made me think of it. You just, just kind of, yeah, jumping to, to what comes next. And I think that's the point of mindfulness is to be here now but it's hard when where we are now is uncomfortable and uncertain and out of control it's like that that balance of staying present and being and doing things without submitting to escapism
I think you said this word earlier, and it was the word that popped in my head, which is metamorphosis. Like the butterfly goes into the cocoon, or rather the caterpillar goes into the cocoon, it comes out of butterfly. And ironically, you, just because it's just so right there, the, the person that you spoke to actually told me that same story. So when you were talking about it, it's just like, I know who you're talking about. And I remember her telling me that. And it's so perfect because this is a grand time to take a second and redefine everything. What is productivity really look like? What is uh, success? What is success? Where, what is, what is truly important? What is valuable? Because if, for example, for me, if what I want now, what if I realize that what I truly want more than anything is to have a beautiful compound with people from, you know, with all these walks of life, sharing their knowledge. And because and, this is actually a thing, I, I want to create this compound. Actually, I haven't, I haven't fully laid this plan out for you, but I want to create this like beautiful sanctuary where it has it not to rip off of the movement sanctuary because obviously they're right there but like it has a place places for like animal flow and 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 yoga and 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 working out spaces but it also blends in this like retreat workshop center where people from all over can share their knowledge and their lessons and having this in-house cooking chef area wink wink looking at you my ayurvedic chef friend which i am going to be talking on that and all the brilliance that is you um She's a really solid ass chef, y'all. She's wicked. It's ridiculous. Every time she cooks for me, I cry with joy. <laughs> but having this hub, like, and that's a long-term goal, but like, if I could just have a space where my people were there and like, we lived on this, like, it so, sounds so hippie to me that I'm even saying this, but like this like sustainable little area where we're like growing our own fruits and vegetables and and we're just loving each other and working on our collective consciousness. And sure, maybe we don't have a lot financially, but if I have my, oh my God, I'm getting emotional thinking about it. If I have my heart, if I have my people, if my joy comes from being able to share that love with the people around me and then bringing people in that space and they find that love within themselves, they follow their wolf and they find their truth and all of that, like that would bring me no greater joy. There's no amount of money that could ever replace that. And even the money that one would need to do that, that's merely a secondary tertiary means to getting the thing that I truly want, which is more time with myself, more time with the people that I love. That's what matters to me. It sounds like you've, you've been digging deep into what you value. And a lot of people think they have their values figured out but I think sometimes our values become what we've been conditioned to believe is important based on childhood or society or culture mm -hmm. and of hearing when people have taken the time and created the space to say maybe this is what should be important to me according to my parents generation or to the societal norm but Here's what's really important to me in this season of life. And that's another thing that I've been trying to do is creating space to change my mind and it being okay to be a dynamic person that changes and wasn't what's important to me a year ago might not be important to me at all a year from now because that's the beauty of evolution is once maybe a specific need is fulfilled or a certain wound is healed, your motivations change. Mm. 
That is really interesting. Talk more about that. So we'll just talk in terms of, for example, a this, ha- of- this happened to you. <laughs> this has happened to me. So I, I want to hear your story on this because I'm sure I have one for sure. Okay. So the difference between moving and living your life from a wounded place or a healed place. Mm-hmm. And so wounded, wounded place could look like maybe holding on to a scarcity mindset due to a couple decades of scarcity um, environment, even if it's just a mindset. So I had a very, very fulfilling, abundant childhood, but I came out of it with a scarcity mindset. And so I like to clarify with people that sometimes the prison is your mind. Most oftentimes. Yeah, it's like a cage that you're like in. I don't know, I'm I'm in this cage. It's like, okay, get out of the cage. (laughs) And so until you become aware of that, you don't even realize that you're choosing it in a way or it's been handed to you and you just haven't let it go yet sometimes we're handed lots of things in life um like a belief system right we're handed belief systems and we don't know we're we're children little seeds and we don't really get to choose until later in life and so that scarcity mindset was an example but the example i'm going to use for this is uh codependency so Mm. that's a wounded place being a little bit more of like victim-y and like in need and not taking responsibility for my life. And the decisions I make in the place of not having the faith that I can rely on myself and feeling blame when the people I'm relying on don't show up for me or, or pull through for me, the decisions I make are going to look differently. I'm going to be a little bit more people pleasing. I'm going to dishonor myself so that I can get what I need. I, I might, I'm going to make different decisions because I'm moving from a more like reptilian brain kind of survival place, not being able to see or not being willing to take care of myself. Then we move to a more field place, a more interdependent place. And that's where I'm responsible for myself. And I allow others to help me when their cup's overflowing and they're willing to help me. But I have no expectation of that. And those decisions I make are going to look different. I'm not going to be showing up in with the intention of pleasing so that I'm accepted or supported. I'm going mm-hmm. to show up as I am. And if you don't like it, I'll walk. I'm yeah. a stable foundation to turn to. And yeah, I don't need you. Yeah, it's from a place of desire and just joy rather than need and lack. And so it's, you can sense that and we ebb and flow. It's okay. Sometimes you return back to that, that patterned place of codependency and the power of awareness is, Oh, hmm, this feels, there it is. All right. It doesn't mean that you're a failure. It means that you took a couple back tracks, a little step, a little, it's more of like a, like a valley, right? So we have these patterns that we have and just like from a neuroplasticity perspective, these grooves. Yeah. And sometimes you, you're creating new groove and you're like, yeah, I'm in this new groove. This is way healthier. And you just kind of like, 
we're like, oh, shit. There it is. <laughs> old group. Here I am. Okay. It doesn't completely cover up or fill in that other groove, that new pattern that you're mm. working. Just kind of stumbled and fell into this other groove. And it just takes that same level of awareness that took you to start forming that new pattern to get back in there. And, and you don't so, necessarily lose your effort, right? Your your uh, your progress at that point, correct? No, totally not. Totally not. You just get back in it. And if it, anything, I think that it it would create more progress because if you never fell fell back or fell down, you wouldn't be as resilient and you wouldn't be able to talk to someone who maybe has fallen back and say, hey, one time I fell back in this hole and this is what it felt like for me. And then I got out of it and this is how it served me. And it can bring hope and resilience to your life. You're not a failure. You're probably going to be more successful due to that, you know, misstep in, in patterning. Mm-hmm. And ultimately the, the foundation of all of it, which it's, at this point, it's just like one of those awfully watered down terms, but it's at the core of all real transformation, which is awareness. You, in order to change anything, you must first know that there's change to be made. And for me, just speaking to your point about, you know, old grooves, new grooves and neuroplasticity and how ultimately it's, it's a wiring in our brain. We're very predictable. Like, and you pay attention to Joe Dispenza's work in neuroscience, neurogenesis, and, and neuroplasticity rewiring of the brain. It says that 95% of all behavior is subconscious. About 95% of all be only about 5% of what we do is conscious. And mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. we have, <laughs> yeah, it's about 60 to 70,000 thoughts a day. And about 60 to 70% of those are negative. And each thought has a bioelectrical chemical effect on the body, meaning you think bad, you feel bad. There is a correlation between that. And about 80 to 90%, 80 to 90% of our thoughts are the same as the day before. And if you have any relationship or belief that how you think and how you feel and how you behave has any effect on your reality, then you might just want to pay attention to how you're thinking because those are grooves. Those are patterns and you think, oh, well, I got out of this relationship and now I'm going to be better the next time. Mm, not so fast, Bucko. Like you, you've yet to actually do the work. So for example, myself, I was in my most previous relationship when I was in the relationship with a person for about a year, there came a, a point and, you know, I, I kind of like prod myself a little bit, a little pat on the back. Like I always try to be like pretty self-aware and like acknowledge when I'm like really just being shitty and, and falling into old patterns. One of the things that didn't come full circle to me until halfway through the relationship, and especially as it ended, was that I was bouncing from relationship to relationship. I would get out of one, I would start to do really good. I'd be working out all the time, I'd be meditating, I'd be reading, I'd be doing all this personal growth, I'd be expanding. I'm like, yes, I'd just be on my shit, just on it, on it like white on rice. On it like cargo on a ship. On it, see, just poor analogies. Anyways, point is, I was really on my ish, and then I would get into a relationship, and I almost all those rituals and routines would get set to the side. And in this most recent relationship, that happened where I started kind of slipping that pattern, and then once I came out of it, and, and the, the smog settled, and everything kind of got clear again. 
I was spending more time with myself and everything around COVID starting started. And that was when it became so abundantly clear to me that I was subconsciously wired for the fear of loneliness and abandonment. And that when I started to feel good, and here's the thing, this is just how the the universe works, energy works, everything else. It continues to put lessons in front of you to deal with the same thing, to test you and say, have you learned this yet? And guess what? The teacher is always silent during the test. That's why hindsight is such a bitch. Because what I didn't realize was that I got into that relationship. Sure, I had good intentions and sure, I learned so many great lessons of how to be a better communicator and how to love better and how to love myself better. Yes, there was a brilliant number of lessons, but fundamentally at its core, the foundation, the soil from which I was planting the seed that had the potential of being this massive, just towering oak that one day kids could swing from the branches from one to another on that foundation was built on the fear of being lonely and abandoned. And naturally what occurs is when things aren't going ideally, they're not going the way that you would like them to. That's when those old thoughts, old feelings and old behaviors start to show up. And ironically, what we fail to see so often then is how we show up directly impacts how that person shows up. And then all of a sudden, how that person shows up is starting to resemble much like that of somebody who we were previously dating. We blame them. And then, yeah, we blame them like, oh, it's your fault. You're just like person X and Y and Z. But the funny thing is, at the center of all bullshit in our lives is us. And you go with you. The common denominator. The common denominator is always me, baby. (laughs) It's always me all the time and COVID showed me that being lonely and being abandoned all that is so present and now guess what I get to do that work and I get to know that if I decide to go into a relationship that the first thing I'm going to tell that person is is yo by the way I've had this tendency in the past and if it starts to show up please whack me overhead with the truth stick let me come back to my senses So I don't make that same mistake because I don't want to, to your original point, fall back into that same groove. And if I do, be patient with me, be gracious with me, and help me to get back on my path. Yeah, call me out when I jump onto your path and abandon my own path because I'm scared of being abandoned. leave myself behind and I over identify with you imagine that right and that's so interesting is that we when we're scared that I can relate to this when we're scared of being abandoned we tend to abandon ourselves in order to receive acceptance and approval from someone else and we're trying to validate like I don't feel good enough please please prove to me I'm good enough and they're like okay and they're like doing all this stuff to prove it to you and then like at the end they're like yeah I just I'm not good enough. And like you left anyways, like I knew it, I knew it, I knew it wasn't good enough. And it's like, you were all along. You were born that way. And all the other person's like job is, is to just show up as themselves and you show up as yourself, both believing that you're good enough and that if it's symbiotic, it'll serve. And if it's not, it'll fall apart. (laughs) And just seeing relationships as a path. 
rather than this destination, end all be all, I'm going to be whole and complete and fixed once I find that person. By the way, bullshit, fantasy. Don't waste your time on it. Um, <laughs> You've been there. <laughs> Spoken like a true expert of somebody who's been down that rope before. Myself included. Um, you are whole and complete as you are in every present moment. And yes, you can evolve, but there's no external thing that's ever going to bring you to this place of settled wholeness where you never get triggered. Ever again. Like, doesn't exist. So don't intend to, to get that, to get into a relationship. But uh, to... <laughs> Yeah, I really put along side street there. <laughs> it's all the up. truth. <laughs> I might need help navigating back to like the road I was on before side street. I felt like this was the road. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> so I think I was talking about how we, oh, got it. It came back. When all along, like we're having them we're asking basically saying like, Hey, um, I'm going to give you this power. Okay, right? I got it. Affirm that I'm good enough. And really we should just keep our power and empower ourselves to do the work, right. Do the inner work and come to that place of believing it's enough. We are enough. Yep. And not jumping, you know, out of ourselves into someone else, hoping that we'll feel complete. So I guess that's kind of bringing it. Full I got lost on that path with you. Don't worry. Cause I was just like with you. I was like, yeah, so invested. I got excited. I got excited. I was like, yeah, I'm over here. And this was a fun sprint, but uh, I went with you where I came from. We walked down a dark alley together and you're like, where did we go? It's just like, uh, I don't know. I actually don't know. And I was so with you. I was just so, I was just, I was just like following you. And then you're like, where did we come from? Like, I, I don't know. I was following you. Honestly, this is my oh. fault. I didn't pay attention. I should have been dropping breadcrumbs. I remember. I remember. Thanks for the breadcrumb analogy. That's cute. <laughs> it uh, coming to a place of wholeness through another person. Oh yeah. And so oh, I yeah. do believe relationship is a path to finding ourselves and becoming our more authentic selves and and becoming more whole, a more human being, a more uh, whole partner. Mm. But it's not in them or because of them. It's through relating in that relationship that we become more whole and more resourced and more known and more seen and more understood. Because in relationships, like we have to face ourselves and understand ourselves in order to communicate to that person so that they understand us, right? There's like that kind of foundation to to grow a garden together, so to speak. That's that planting those seeds of understanding. And so what I was getting at was you're not going to find yourself or become whole or become at peace because of another person. It's not a, a cause and effect. No. It's, it's more of a path. It's more of a journey. It's more of an experiment. You know, this so is, we, go ahead. I'm sorry. That's all right. I'm, I can, I'll just breathe. You go ahead. <laughs> and we'll sigh. We back. No, I think it's great. And this is something that I've actually, I don't know if the word, I don't know why the word toiled came up. I don't even think that's the proper use of the word. Someone will correct me if I'm not, but I've definitely contemplated deep thought sipping on tea. Not really. Uh, I've, I've definitely gone through my own like thought loops on the whole, like, okay, like I can't be in a relationship with anybody until I'm completely whole, because as long as I haven't done all of that work, then I will continue showing up needing something 
And then I was just like, yeah, but like, like there's no timetable on what that might look like or, or what that's going to take. Or if that's even like a possible destination, I was just like, I don't really want to be like single the rest of my life. Like I, I like being able to have someone to come home and just hold me and hug me and maybe cook some dinner together. Like sometimes I just need to be like a, just like a shit stack, just like not having it together. Just have someone listen to me, which actually you've been that person for me. We're like the closest non-dating couple ever. Just like, <laughs> We just are that way with each other, which is why these conversations are just so effortless and fruitful. Oh, I like that. Effortless yet fruitful at the same time. They always bear great seeds, bear, 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 bearing great yield. Um, but that's something I've toiled with because, toiled, there it is again. I've, I've really sat on for a little while in, I'm now in a place where, because I told myself I'm going to be out of a relationship for a long time. But what I noticed as a self-awareness was, I do really well when I'm on my own and then I get into a relationship and I throw those things to the side, as I previously mentioned. But what I've decided at least now is, is you know what, like, and you said it so eloquently, I can be in a relationship and know that as a soul, I am already whole. However, in my forgetfulness, there are still pieces of myself that, that need to be mended that that have more work to be done. And as long as I have the knowing, the self-awareness that you aren't the solution, I am the solution. You are the mirror to show me that I have everything that I need. I got everything I need. I got everything I need. Yeah, like I got everything I need. And I'm willing to do this, this, uh, precarious, uncertain, and oftentimes treacherous journey of figuring myself out with you. And again, if I slip, if I fall, help me to come back into my groove. But trying that, that whole, I tried the whole mantra of, oh, I'm going to become whole and complete because you can't have two halves to create one whole. No, you must have two whole individuals. And then you come together to create the super whole, which I totally believe in the third entity. Like you come as one whole being or wherever you're at. And like, for example, if it's me and you, like I am, I am a being and you are a being and we come together and we create a third entity. It's like a reformation. It's completely like you lose your face. I lose my face. Like we are something different, but what I think people often forget is that you have to step back into your own personal entity. You have to continue to fill your cup because if you fill your cup, you already come overflowing into your third versus using your third to try and pull out and get what you need to then pour back into your personal. It doesn't work like that. That's when it becomes codependent. That's when it comes from two half people trying to fix each other, make each other whole. It's like, no, you have to come knowing like I got work to do and I'm going to continue doing mine. But when we're together, let's pour over into one another, be reflections, be loving and be patient while we both go through this journey that we call life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's more of a, but as you were describing that with a third entity, in my mind, I was seeing it as a dance. Mm. People coming together and dancing and then coming apart. Ooh. It's more of a dance than some concrete, permanent, static thing. It's very dynamic. Mm-hmm. And, and relating and that's something that uh, I think it's Jason Gaddis talks about it he does the relationship school out in Colorado but he got it from 
one of his mentors or teachers. And it's intimacy is not closeness. Inter intimacy is not being meshed. Intimacy is the dance and the balance of space and closeness. And that's what I was hearing as you were saying it, is it's the dance of coming apart and coming together. And when we come apart, that's, that's such a good opportunity to kind of reassert our wholeness and take care of ourselves. <laughs> you can't come together and dance a fluid, phenomenal dance if we're not like sleeping regularly on our own and filling yeah. up our cup, so to speak. If you're not filling up your cup, like if you show up to the dance tired with sore feet and <laughs> you're not doing yoga and you're like hungover because you drank too much wine, um, <laughs> that dance gonna look differently and if you just keep dancing 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 that's not going to be good for you either and so it's that this but i think a lot of people like we were talking about coming with patterns and conditions it's this fear of abandonment or fear of entrapment and so some people Ooh. are ah, we're coming apart does that mean i'm going to be abandoned or "Ooh, we're spending a lot of time together am i going to get trapped am i going to get engulfed am i going to lose myself or mm. you know so there's kind of and for me I can see both sides because I'm like this little roller coaster of a person that that really struggles to find the balance of space and closeness mm -hmm. and honoring myself and then also honoring another person's need for space and closeness I'm like where is that balance for me and how do I find someone who's like cool with that balance <laughs> and really being aware of how can this space serve me rather than how can this why am I blaming this person for abandoning me? Or how can this closeness serve me rather than blaming this person for engulfing me? And just seeing it as a dance. And yeah, I don't, I think it's easy to not feel whole. We live in a really fragmented culture. We have our, our family face, our family language, right? No cursing. Um, <laughs> uh, we have our, our friend. Face. We don't talk about sex here. And leave that at the door. <laughs> <laughs> um, our corporate face, right? You talked in the beginning about our mask, wearing a mask. And then I often would say like, oh man, I just love coming home because I can take off the costume. I can take off the mask and I get to be Kayla. I remember when I said that I was like, Man, I want to live my life to where all I can all the time. All the time. And I can I want to get I want to get paid to be who I am. I want to be loved for being who I am. And that kind of like started my intention when I started my business. My intention was uh I get paid abundantly to do what I love and be who I am. Ooh. That was hard. And I still, every time yeah. I go back to my family, I'm like, oh, let me just squeeze into this like old costume. Okay. And I leave like, oh, that was so suffocating. Why did I do that? And it's because we're scared. You know, we're scared of rejection. We're scared of judgment. We're scared of being misunderstood. I get that. But it's really amazing when you like are willing to peel off those layers of that costume. You don't have to take it all off at once. That's, that's vulnerable. That's raw. That's scary. But just being willing to say, like, I'm going to take this piece off and and living in that way. And I just want to, like, encourage people, like, you don't have to, like, show up, like, I am whole and perfect and complete in order to show up. I think That's that not a realistic expectation. 
yeah, you can say like, I'm all fragmented and compartmentalized sometimes, but like I'm doing my best every day to, to show up authentically and real. And that's scary. And like, thanks for seeing me in my gnarly and my gorgeous mm-hmm. <laughs> just have the gratitude that we're able to cultivate communities and friendships and businesses where we're able to be who we are. And where there's also space to change who we are and how we feel and what we desire and value. I feel like somebody needs to come by with a dust sweeper and get all the gold that you just shoveled out into every direction. Goes like, oh my God, oh, this is like right down a little. <laughs> this is good stuff right here, people. This is straight, just good stuff. You hit so many good points that there's no possibility I could even hit all of them. Because we went from talking about, you know, relationships and, and not losing ourselves in it and the and the illusion of coming whole and being perfect and and everything of you know what that is and one of the first things that popped in my head was that you know intimacy someone said this to me i don't remember who it was but they said that intimacy is into me i see mm. when yeah like when, that mirror expression you made earlier yeah when like for example to me in this moment with you is intimate like we're we're being close we're being honest even though we're not even physically close but like we're sharing this intimate setting of you know, intimacy isn't just like, you know, making out and, and tonguing each other down and, you know, going to pound town. Like that's not what intimacy is. Intimacy is just being close. Like Acro Yoga taught me that. Like just yeah. sharing that space with someone being something that could be very like unsettling for somebody who's never, you know, had their feet off the ground or had someone else touch them in that way. Like intimacy is like this, it's this place between almost like uncertain, this uncertain excitement you don't know what's coming. You're so into it. But like you said, it's the mirror. It's being into me. I see it's when I can truly find who I am in, in, in looking into a mirror. It's like, if you look into someone's eyes deeply, oftentimes the thing that you end up seeing at first is yourself. And what greater gift in this world than to see ourselves for who we truly are versus all of the self-limiting self-detrimenting, self-scandalizing and deteriorating things that we do and say to ourselves. To be so for ourselves that even if we come to this person, our naked and raw self, and say, hey, look, Kayla, I have something I want to share with you. And I'm not going to lie to you. I'm scared. I'm a little scared shitless. But the past two weeks that we spent together, just going and jumping on a moped and riding over a bridge and catching these beautiful sunsets to just like cooking in your kitchen, being silly and everything. Like the one thing that I haven't been truly honest about is how like, I really want to explore something with you. But the thing that has me be fearful and afraid is that I don't have everything together. My money is... My, my finances are, I'm not gonna lie, like they're just not in a good place. I've had long-standing issues with my mom, which now has me like running with fears of loneliness and abandonment. And that shows up sometimes. Like sometimes I get a little possessive and sometimes I get a little overbearing. And, you know, when I'm really at my low states, like I can become very self-centered, but I would much rather be upfront with you about that and share the truth because what I've realized in me doing this and me sharing this is that and me sharing this, I'm loving and accepting myself. And the worst thing that can happen is you decide that it's not for you. And then I know in my heart that because I'm enough, then I will find somebody who will see that as it is 
and love me for exactly who I am. And I no longer need that validation or approval from somebody else outside of myself. And it's okay to receive validation. There's a difference between receiving validation and depending on validation. Ooh, that's a good one too. It's <laughs> not like we're saying don't, you know, don't receive like support. That's, I don't, yeah. that's not to get misconstrued, you know, if you're not like really understanding like the depth of the intention, it's, it's not, you have to do everything on your own. It's showing up with a stable foundation that's imperfect and maybe a little broken in some spots. And as like you're kind of rebuilding and like noticing what's shaky and noticing where you're ungrounded as you're like filling in those holes, someone's like come over and it's like, Oh wow. Yeah. Like that really smoothing that over like this feels really strong like this foundation feels strong you're like awesome i thought so too like <laughs> reaffirming it's reaffirming and it's it's supporting and there's a difference between receiving support and guidance and love and relying on that to feel like we're enough or worthy of love and so mm. just clarify and something else i was thinking about when you were talking about this into me you see and when you look in someone's eyes often you can see yourself and we're talking a lot about like self-growth and self you know um sustainability and from an outsider or someone from a different thought pattern or generation might think like wow these are like really self-centered millennials or you know what i mean like talking all about this and i'm just wondering how can because I know that when I take care of myself, I take much better care of everyone else. My clients, Damn straight. Me, my friends, my family, my cats, they get this filled up, resourced Kayla. That's what I want to share with the world. But first, I got to fill my cup. I get my sleep on. Like I got to do my thing. <laughs> and... I, Sometimes self-care can look like selfishness. I've been told in relationships, like you call it self-care and to me it's selfishness. I'm like, okay, well, I hear you and I can see how it might be perceived that way. But I hope one day you get to thank me for the fact that I take, take a step back and care for myself because I pour from that cup into you that I'm stepping back and filling. My cup I runs over. The reason I'm showing up and loving you with such depth and vulnerability and authenticity and connectedness is because of the step back. Like in order for me to take that step forward and be so resourced and hold space and connect and love, the step backs that I take fuel that. And so just kind of what perspective can we bring to how self-care and inner work and this fill your own cups that you can pour into others mindset. How does that serve the collective? How can we kind of help the people who sort of pour from an empty cup and really don't have balance in their lives? It's like this, like, like it's like pouring this gushing and then this like, Oh, I'm like so dry and like thirsty and I need to like, you know, 
shut my house and <laughs> shut myself in my house for several days in order to recover right it's like this let me work 50 hours a week and then over the weekend i'm like okay i'm gonna like binge on netflix and like go out and you know just like numb and then do this and how can we show how serving ourselves serves the collective especially right now in a time where we're self-isolated and really stuck with ourselves how could that how could we you know serve the entirety of humanity the environment the collective energy of existence hmm. i think this comes back to way the hell back in the early of us conversation where you said redefining redefining selfishness because if it's to if to be selfish is to take care of oneself knowing good and damn well that when my cup runneth over it more easily poureth into yours and if my cup is empty i cannot pour out into yours that is not this isn't some like fabled philosophy this is truth i cannot give you what i do not have that is not how this reality works we can you can talk about how woo bullshit all this is and metaphysical fuck all that like this is reality if i have not a single dollar to give you i can't give you a dollar i can't buy you a taco i have none i have nothing i have nothing for you so, and you know, there's, there's also a line though, much like with anything, everything exists on a spectrum, the very nature of reality, everything exists on a spectrum. There's, you know, self-care to the point where it's just like, you're just being narcissistic. You don't care about anybody else, but yourself. Then there's so far the other side that your cup is fully empty. And you, let me, for analogy sake, you have, you have your cup runneth over. And then like, you have like five cups hidden behind you and you don't tell anybody that you have all these cups hidden behind you. Cause you don't want them to know you have this abundance. And then there is my cup is empty and I have nothing to give you, but there's somewhere in the middle where it's like, I'm doing what I need to take care of myself. Because at the end of the day, as you said, when I come as, and back to the relationship conversation, when I come as I have everything I need, or I have the things that I need, and I'm looking to go to the next level, I'm being honest. And that in and of itself begins being very fruitful and tying this into the, the validation conversation. Then you don't come from needing validation versus and I think this ties perfectly into what's the author's name? I'm like looking at my bookshelf thinking that I'll see it, but I, I don't see it. The, uh, the five love languages and, and how in the five love languages, if you're not familiar, as I remember, it's taste and not taste. That's complete. That's your senses. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm mixing things like taste, touch, sight. Like, wait a second. That is not the right <laughs> conversation. No, it's, it's uh, toys, talk, time, touch, and something else. So toys, that's gifts, giving somebody something. Uh, I, I want to give you this. Uh, I got a massage gun. Someone got me a massage gun. That was a really nice gift, right? Getting, getting someone that something really wants. Talk, words of affirmation. Kayla, you look absolutely gorgeous today. And I do mean that. You look absolutely gorgeous today. And goodness, that, that top is so cute. I love it. Right? So there's talk, time, quality time, spending time with that person. And, and just, you know, whether it's like laying down, watching a movie, like whatever it is and touch, not the same, but similar, which is I enjoy cuddling. I enjoy even just you walking by me in the kitchen, just rubbing your hair across my back, running your hand across my back or running your, your nails through my hair. I love that one. That's one of my babies. Uh, toys, talk, time, touch tasks. That's the last one doing things for another person. Uh, they call that, uh, what is it? I can't remember. Acts of service. Yes. I did the dishes and I hate doing the dishes. So I did the dishes. That's actually a thing that I do oftentimes. And it's, it's, you, people love that. So love it. 
distinguishing those and knowing which one is yours or collectively, a lot of times we have like one or two that are their tops, but one knowing like, what is the one that really speaks to us and really serves us? But here's the difference when, and comparing it to the validation example, do I need your words of affirmation to feel like I'm good enough? Or does it just feel nice to have you just compliment me? And I don't necessarily need it. Like I could go without it, but I really like it when you tell me that my ass looks good in those jeans. I'm just going to be honest. I'm going to call it like it is. I love it when you comment on my booty. Like there's a distinction that between needing it and just having an appreciation for it between needing that validation versus thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for seeing me. And that's like, the underpinning theme of this whole conversation, it seems, is this return to wholeness, but also accepting where we're at in this moment. I like the return to wholeness because it's always been there. We just left. We just forgot. We're just remembering. We're just remembering. That feels good. Rather than thinking we have to create something out of nothing, all we're doing is returning to what's always been there. Mm. We just felt and you just need to wake up and be like, oh, yeah, here it is. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> just like Marion Williamson's book, A Return to Love. It's, it's just a remembrance. It's the, uh, like the old fabled saying, like, to be woke, to wake up. But really, it's like to wake up is... It's just to remember because you've been sleeping. We've been walking around with blindfolds to wake up to the to the love that is us, to the beauty that is us. Because it's not like all of a sudden it's just like you walk out to your door one day and you open the door and you look down and someone Amazon primed you self-love. It's like, no, motherfucker. Like <laughs> you you had to do that work. You you had to you had to take that time. You, you had to you had to give that to yourself. Amazon Prime's not coming with with everything that you need. Not this one. They ain't priming that. It's right here. I feel like the energy this this right now is telling me it's a perfect button up to this conversation. I just have like, unless there's anything else that you you really want to button this up with. Um, yeah, I like the no one's going to deliver self-love to your doorstep analogy. That's an inside job for sure. And just kind of leaving off on the note that taking care of ourselves is important and like filling up our cups, but don't forget that we're all in this together and that you're not the only one struggling with self-love, self-care, routine, mm-hmm. and triggers. Like you're not alone. I know it feels like very lonely and it feels like you're alone, but just something that's really helped me when I start to feel anxiety or overwhelm or even irritation at, at all that's coming up during this season is Mm. it sounds like I just think of everyone else who's suffering in the same way and suddenly I'm like oh yeah 
oh yeah, we're all doing this together. We're all kind of in the mud together. And it, one, it like takes away the like, oh, poor me victim mentality. And it also reminds me that I, it gives me that courage to speak out and say like, hey, I'm really struggling today. Uh, it's been real funky, you know, like you talked about, you know, before we got on this was like, I, I'm funky. I'm funky too. It's like, oh, cool. This is going to be a great conversation because it feels <laughs> nice that we're like both people. <laughs> we make it we're just gonna we like make up and, and like oh yeah like show up and show out like yeah <laughs> gonna dance that way through funky town so just oh like, i like that hey you're not alone and we're all trying to figure out resources and hopefully this conversation was a resource and if you're looking for any more pieces like instagram and uh blogs and facebook and oh my gosh how many collective apps like commune and these different sort of um coaching and life coaching groups are giving away so many things for free night right now during this COVID, and just to seek out your resources because people really do want to give and people really do, do want to help and be willing to receive during this time of feeling like you're a little empty or alone so just leaving off on that like you're more supported than you might realize and you're not alone in, in your pain and, and conflict and confusion and uncertainty. Mm. Come as you are, come as you are and come as you are. That's how this all started for us. Even now I'm like, Oh, I feel way lighter than when I did before this conversation. And it's like, it's this purging process mm. and re bringing represencing our original intention we had two words and they are currently allow. eluding me oh yes allow, allow. and something authenticity uh probably maybe someone's gonna be like no wasn't authentic. I feel, like, I feel like yours was allowing and mine was authenticity <laughs> and we just like mashed them up into a little love sandwich it's a allowing authenticity sandwich and I don't know. I feel like that was pretty fulfilled upon. I've been feeling real allowing and authentic in this point. This was like, for me, one of the, like the most dropped in conversations I've had in a little while. This was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it too. Thanks for spending time with me. And I'm so happy that we create safe spaces that we're free to be ourselves. I'm free to be me. You're free to be you. And that's a really beautiful, sacred place to be. And I'm honored to dance in that with you mm. where can if people are wanting to get a whole actually hold on before i jump into that if there is one thing out of everything that we've talked about and i say this at the end of pretty much every single episode i really want people to get this that this is not meant to be another conversation you listen to you're like oh that's a good idea and you just go back to doing life as normal and you hop right back into that old groove that we mentioned what is one thing that someone could do to start creating a new pattern, a new groove, moving towards that greater alignment, perhaps that embodiment of that thing within being able to, to dance through funky town, to just be like, I don't feel awesome. I don't feel great. I don't feel pretty. I don't, I, it just doesn't, it's not all coming together for me right now, but I can still find that wholeness within myself or choose to continue to live in line with that wholeness. What's one thing someone can do? to begin taking that light forth.
What's coming up for me is self-honesty and self-responsibility is having the courage to be so fucking real with yourself. I, I think that's the first step is to start by starting and to just be real that I feel jealous, you know, and don't let shame stop you from being honest with yourself. Cause the moment you're honest with yourself is the moment you can start working that magic and moving that energy around. Like all like, emotion is when it comes to processing i'm just going to use that as an example is energy and motion mm-hmm. and a lot of the pain and suffering we feel is stuck it's stuck energy it's it's lack of movement so i would say start by starting by being radically self-honest and taking responsibility for yourself and kind of standing in a place of like this is real for me right now and I'm going, I am willing to hold it in my hands and face it and take responsibility for it rather than handing it to my parents because it's their fault Mm. or, or, Mm. you know, just not taking, not being honest and taking responsibility. And it's, I can say it, but there's, it's, it's worth it. It's a little scary, but I'd say overall it's empowering and it's, it's a really healing way to begin and mm. i do that through i do self-reflections with a journal where i'm like all right i actually have oh i don't have it close to me but i have like my manifesting journal with all like my hopes and dreams and desires <laughs> dark journal i call it my shadow journal oh and i can go to that journal and write all my nasty stuff in it all of that stuff that comes up when I feel yucky, when I feel jealous and insecure and when I want to control people and when I'm throwing a fit because I'm perceiving that I wasn't chosen, right? I'm not I the chosen to- one. And I, I write out that junk, write out the junk to remove myself from the funk. And Ooh. a place to put that. For me, I literally got a separate journal and that's where the shit goes because I felt ashamed writing the real raw broken bleeding parts of me in my pretty namaste journal (laughs) (laughs) oh my god like this is this. sacred I'm land. Like, we don't put none of your nasty garbage in the in the Namaste land. <laughs> so yeah, so just finding that place that you can be honest with yourself. That might be in calling a friend. Like I call you a lot of times and say like, mm-hmm. hey, space to process is like bullshit that I can't get past. Whatever that looks like for you, find your thing. Find your the, the place in funky town that you're allowed to be real with yourself and like start by starting and, and find that because yeah, that's where the magic happens is, is outside of that comfort zone and in a place where you're willing to be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> I love that. I love that. I love that. Something that really came full circle for me when you brought all that together was I remember I was listening to a a motivational video and Will Smith was talking and he said that, uh, and this was over relating to a pretty heavy topic, but it was very pertinent. He said that he's like, you know, it's, it's not your fault that you were sexually abused as a child, but it's damn well your responsibility to do the work to 
to overcome that. And you can relate that to anything. And for someone who myself was sexually abused as a child, like I can bitch and moan and complain all day about what happened, you know, 20-ish something years ago, however, you know, over a decade ago, or I can do the fucking work and take responsibility. And that's the distinction between being a victim and choosing, I will no longer be this. I can, I can choose to pull out my, my, my yucky, yucky journal separate from my namaste journal and write out all the garbage. And when that's not fully completing it, I will tell you that my number one now, my number one tool for getting over my shit is talking to people. Every single time it works without failure. If I have to keep picking up the phone, that's what I'm going to do. And if you're listening, pick up the phone. Whether you got you got to call me, shoot me an email, whatever it is. And you're listening, you're like, oh, I'm in Funky Town too. Like, shoot me an email. I, I will listen. I will support. Like, you you just have to be willing to know that in order to get to Namaste Land, you got to go through Funky Town first. <laughs> that's that's just how it be sometimes. <laughs> it is. It is. And find your thing. That might look like talking to someone. It might look like dancing until you're in a puddle on the floor, finally able to cry. Mm. It's like a lot of different things. Find your path and, and walk it. And yeah, I love that example that you gave of, uh, like, I don't know what word you use exactly, but you can be the victim or you can, you can be victorious. You can Ooh, say, victim to victorious. Me, or this happened for me. And like, mm. I'm going to move now. Oh, I know. The one that I love the most is wounded to warrior. Mm. Like, warriors have scars. It's okay. That's always going to be a part of you. It makes you who you are. But you don't have to continue bleeding for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Wounded to warrior. I love that. If people are wanting to connect with you. What is the best way to do so? And all of this will be somewhere, show notes or something. It'll be somewhere, but what's the best way to get in touch with you? Uh, I respond to Instagram pretty quickly. Um, I have a personal and a business, and they both include my last name, so that shouldn't be hard to find. <laughs> H-A-N. My website is healinghands.com. So hands is spelled, uh, if you are, you're in Europe, it's Hans, H-A-N-S, but I'm um, Americanized, so it's hands without the D and it's healinghands.com. Yeah. You know, it's just hit me that we didn't even get to talk about how amazing you are of an Ayurvedic chef. So we'll be having you back on and we're going to go deeper into all of that. And yeah, it's super brilliant, but guys, thank you, Kayla. First of all, thank you for being here. Thank you for the energy, for the time, all the stuff that you have to pour out to be here. That matters to me so deeply. I honor, love and respect you. And for anybody listening same to you, wherever you're at, wherever you're going. I love you. I admire you for if you've made it this far, especially if you've made it this far, you made it this far in the conversation. I really deeply appreciate your willingness to, to go on this journey with us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your energy and above all us live your truth, love your life and continue to follow the wolf within you. How? Bye, guys.